Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. church. You know, I had a, a person just uh, contact me the other day, uh, sent me a text message, and they've been to the church just, just a couple times, and one of the things that he said to me, he said, you know, man, I, I just love your church. It's awesome what God's doing, and he says, more importantly, he says, the people are just amazing. So, listen, you make GVC what it is, so praise God. Thank God for you, and uh, it's about time he worked off those rough edges, because I was worried about you for a while, so <laughs> anyway, no. <laughs> Amen. Well, you're ready to get in today's message. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, we, we got a new series that we're going to be starting at the beginning of January called CrossFit. Anybody CrossFit, CrossFit people in here? A couple of you? One guy, yeah, he's raising his hand. He's like, I, yeah, I, I own a CrossFit gym. I know all about CrossFit. Well, you know, CrossFit is all about getting healthy and getting in shape, right? But how many of you know that you can get CrossFit? In other words, you can get fit according to the standard of God's cross or God's standard of doing things. And when you do that, it's not just getting healthy physically and bodily. You can get healthy spirit, soul, and body. Amen? And so I encourage you to come on back next week. It's going to be an amazing uh, new series I'm excited about. It. And so today we're going to close out this week or this, this service winding up 20 what is it, 2019? I'm already ready to say 2020. 2019. And uh, I'm gonna simply going to entitle it called Back to the Future. Come on, say it with me. Back to the Future. Anybody remember that old show back in the 80s, Back to the Future? I mean, man, it was one of those shows that was just amazing. And just this past week, I was actually just flipping through the channels and I saw Michael J. Fox. You know, he was the one that was the, the, the main actor of it. Uh, of that movie and so I just paused it there and started watching it and they were doing a documentary on the series called Back to the Future or that movie that was out back when and they were talking about all the different things that they did and things that they were projecting about the future and they were saying you know actually these things never existed but we projected for them or we fantasized about them and they said man there were several things that we got right when we started thinking and talking and creating about the future and then they asked this question. They started to ask all the different individuals that were involved with the movie. They said, if you had your rathers or if you had your choice, if you could go to the future or if you could go to the past, which one would you do? And so people began to say, well, you know, uh, if I could, I would like to go back into the past or into the, the, the history of our, of our life and experience some of those times. And then somebody else said, you know, well, listen, we've got history books to tell us about the past. I would like to get into the future and see what's ahead of us. And so everybody had different opinions. But then I started to think about it and just kind of grappling with it in my mind and thinking about the whole concept. And my thought was is that, well, when it comes to the future, the future hasn't happened yet, so how can you go to the future of something that has never existed? But the past is something that has already existed, already happened, so in all likelihood, it seems as though it would be easier to go into the past than it would be to go into the future. Does that make sense? And then I started thinking about the whole name of the movie, 
back to the future. Does that make sense? Back to the future. And so, if you want to know about your future, all you have to do is take a look back into your past. Because you realize that past behaviors are predictors of future events. Right? So in other words, where you're at today is a byproduct of some things going on or taking place in the past. So in other words, if you're not liking what you're seeing in this last closing chapter of 2019, then you've really got to start asking yourself, what did I do before I got here that created what I have, right? If you're not liking what you're seeing, then the question is, is will you continue to reproduce what you already have based on past experiences or past uh, behaviors rather and will I continue to have that as my experience so what do you desire what is it that you're desiring in your life are you desiring for this next year to look different are you looking for this next year to change are you looking for it to become something different and so if you will I just want to peel back some layers and just simply examine if you will uh what this last year looked like. Remember I said, in order to go to the future, we got to go to the past. Because past behaviors predict future events. And as I started to think about this, I started to think about going back into the past is almost like ripping a Band-Aid off. You know what I mean? How many of you know uh, what it's like to rip a Band-Aid off your arm. Uh, nobody really looks at it with anticipation, like, oh, man, I get to rip this Band-Aid off, right? No, you're, you're almost squeamish, anticipating there to be discomfort as I peel off this Band-Aid, right? And as I peel off this Band-Aid, what I'm doing is exposing something that has happened in the past. Maybe it was a hurt, a pain, a challenge, a difficulty, whatever it might be, Right? But how many of you know that once you peel that Band-Aid off, the actual pain or discomfort of peeling the Band-Aid off is actually greater than what it was covering? Because that Band-Aid has covered, and over time there has been a healing process that has begun to take place. And the only thing that's left is the memory of what once was or the hurt that was or the pain of that experience. But all the while during time, there has been some healing that God has been doing in your life. Right? And so, for us to go back a little bit or just to examine this last year, it might be a little bit painful at start or to begin with because I'm just peeling off the band-aid. But you might find out that there's a whole lot more in your favor than not. So I just want you to examine for a minute. I'm not going to ask you to fill out a survey or give me any kind of an essay at the end of service. And you don't necessarily have to tell your neighbor about your past year. But I actually want you to be honest when you begin to examine 2019. Because you realize God knows your past, right? God knows what took place in this last year. So you might as well be honest with yourself when you examine it. 
And so as you examine this last year of 2019, some of you might say, well, you know, this last year was a great year. It was a year of great successes. Some of you might say, you know, this year was very productive. Some might say, you know, it was just another year that slipped by. Some might say this year was a year of disappointments and discouragements. Some might say, you know, this year is a year that I just want to forget. What does this year look like for you? What has it been like? Because I said that the future events are really going to be determined upon past behaviors. So if we look back at 2019 and say, man, I don't necessarily like what I see, then that might just challenge you to make some adjustments in life. Or if you're saying, you know what, things were good, it just causes you to be encouraged to continue in the same vein and direction. But here's the thing. As we examine this last year, there's a big question that I want us to continue to ask through the entire thought process. In 2019, whether your life was good or life was bad or somewhere just mediocre in the middle, how much of your life was actually led by God? So in other words, where you stand today at the closing of this year, was it based upon your own efforts, your own thoughts, your own desires? And has that got you to where you're at? Or are you where you're at because you said, God, I am going to trust you, follow you, and allow you to lead and direct my life in everything that I do. So like I said, you can tell a story to somebody else, but God knows the real answer. Have we allowed God to lead our life? Have you given him permission to take the lead? And have you chose to follow his leading through this past year? I want to bring to your attention a scripture in Psalms chapter 23. Many of you know it very well. But Psalms 23, starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Come on now. How many of you know that shepherds do not push, do not drive? Shepherds do not crack a whip. Shepherds lead and sheep follow. Right? He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And here's what God said. He said, my sheep know my voice. So therefore, if God is our shepherd, that means he's endeavoring to lead and he's out front of us desiring for us to follow his lead. It goes on to say this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Wow. Just that very next statement is a very powerful statement. If God is my shepherd, if God is leading, then I don't want. It goes on to say, he makes me to lie down, uh, lay, lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Everybody say leads. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Everybody say for his name's sake. All right, now I'm going to come back to that. But notice what it says, that God is our shepherd and he leads us. 
And when he leads us, there's no want. When he leads us, there's not the, the difficulties of life. When he leads us, he leads us to places of comfort. Amen? Now, just so that we don't misunderstand that and think, well, then in other words, you're saying that my life has got to be this lily white, easygoing life. How many of you have experienced that walking with Jesus so far? Well, he says in verse 4, the very next verse, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of what? Death. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yet I'll not fear evil. So in other words, it doesn't promise us to say we're not going to go through or not experience challenges or troubles in our life. But as long as he's leading us, as long as he's the shepherd of our life, the Bible says in the midst and in the very face of death and disaster that he will lead us to a safe place. Can you say amen? God wants to lead us to a safe place. But now... Notice what he says, that as he's leading, he's leading for his name's sake. So in other words, what that means is, is that when God leads us, he leads us based on his reputation or for his reputation. All right, let's put that in perspective, because obviously that didn't excite you. All right, so in other words... If your life is a total disaster and a total mess, does that make God's reputation look good? It doesn't. And so then it begs the question, if life is a mess, if life is a disaster, the question is, is who have I been following? Have I been following myself and doing my thing? Or have I been following his lead? Because he says when he leads and when I follow, he leads me to good places. He says that he leads me to places that I don't have wants. He says that when he leads me, there, there's comfort and calm and peace in that place, right? And he says I do that so that my reputation begins to grow because people are going to look at you and know that I'm your God. Come on. I said that we need to take personal inventory. And so that might have been an ouch moment for you where we just pulled the band-aid off. Whoo! I felt that one. But even if that's the case, God's endeavoring to work healing and working restoration and righteousness for His name's sake. And He's doing it for you. Amen? Now, I asked the question, in this past year, has he been leading your life? So a shepherd does not drive. A shepherd does not demand. A shepherd just leads with the expectation that will follow. So if you're going to say, God, in this year, I'm going to choose and invite you to lead my life, then that means that there are no options on the table other than following God. I mean, it gets real simple, doesn't it? I mean, it's not like, well, God, I know I've followed you over here, but this one is one that I just don't really want to do. <laughs> I don't want to go there, don't want to do that, God. No, if he's the shepherd, and if I'm giving him permission to lead my life, then there are no other options than to say, okay. Well, why would I question where he's leading me? 
Because he said that when he leads, he's leading me beside still waters. He's leading me to paths of righteousness or rightness with God. He's leading me to places where, man, I don't have wants because my shepherd just takes care of me. And it's because he wants to make his reputation known of how good he is. And so what that means is simply if I'm struggling following his lead, then maybe it's just an issue of whether or not I really know him or have faith in him to follow his leading. But how many of you know God's working a process to help you learn to follow him, trust him along the way? Amen? Now, with that being said, one of the greatest components of the shepherd is the shepherd's voice. Once again, Jesus said, My sheep know my voice. And the voice of a stranger they don't follow. So in other words, what gives us confidence, assurance, gives us peace and comfort is knowing the voice of the shepherd, right? I mean, think about it. I'm thinking of my own son. There might be a time, and there has been, like he climbs a tree and he's up in the tree and he gets to a place where he's kind of stuck. It's like he's too high and he didn't, can't figure out how to get back done, down. And so as a dad, I can go out there and just say, right? And he's like, Dad, I'm scared. I want to get down. And I'm like, right? I mean, I'm telling him, come on, I got you. But what brings the reassurance? It's the voice of the Father. Come on, son, I got you. But, Dad, I'm scared. Hey, son, listen, I won't let you fall. I got you, man. Trust me. I got you. And because I begin to speak to him and he knows my voice, it brings about trust for him to follow my lead. And that's what God is desiring to do for you. And the more you get to know his voice, the more you'll learn to trust him and follow his lead. Now, I'm going to just give you an experiment right now. How many of you know... That we have a president by the name of Trump, right? Now listen, before, we, before I go any further, I'm not asking you for your opinions. I'm not, not asking for grunts or groans or anything of that nature. I'm just putting this out there. I, I don't care whether you like the man or not. I'm just saying, you all know who our president is. All right? Now, if you know President Trump personally, raise your hand. If any of you have ever had a personal audience with him and just sat down and talked with him one-on-one, raise your hand. Nobody. All right. So probably everybody in this room are like everybody else. That the majority of the time that you've ever had exposure to President Trump is what you've seen on TV. And therefore... If you was to add up all the times that you've heard or listened to or tolerated listening to Donald Trump, it might equate to maybe several minutes, right? Okay, now let me ask you the question. If I was to say, close your eyes, and I said, now listen to this, and we played an audio clip of President Trump speaking, Would you know his voice immediately without even seeing his face? Sure you would. But isn't that interesting? You know the voice of President Trump, but you don't know him. 
You know the voice of President Trump, yet you've never had a personal audience with him. You know the voice of Trump without even seeing him, and maybe at most you've listened to him maybe for several minutes, yet you know his voice unmistakably. But then you talk to God's people, and you ask them the question, what's God saying to you? I don't know. What's God sound like? What's he been saying to you? I don't know. I have, t- I have trouble hearing God's voice. I have trouble knowing God's voice. Well, he's on the inside of you. Yet you can know the voice of a man, but we struggle to know the voice of the Father on the inside of us? Come on, are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Because once we begin to become familiar with the voice of the Father, then it becomes a voice that we learn to trust and follow because it brings peace and comfort. And I trust that voice. I know Him. I trust Him. I follow Him. Come on, how many of you want to know the voice of God better this year? In 2020, in this year, this is going to be a year of clarity and confidence in knowing the voice of God. If you hang around in 2020 here at GVC, you will learn the voice of God. You will become confident in the voice of God. You will become skilled in knowing His voice, that when God talks to you, I know that that's God's voice. And notice what Jesus said. He said, the voice of of the the shepherd you know and the voice of a stranger you won't follow so that means that there's going to be opposing voices to try to pull you and lead you and direct you but the Bible says that when you know his voice you know how to follow amen 2020 is going to be a year of clarity and confidence in knowing God's voice secondly concerning 2020 I want to bring your attention to Ezekiel chapter 1 If you know anything about the book of Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel is a prophetic book, right? And the the book of Ezekiel, much of it is pointing to the future of what is going to take place in the age of the church and when Jesus comes, right? But isn't it interesting, in order for us to be able to know what is going to proceed or take place in the future, you got to go look back in the past, And so we're not going to get into a lot of the details of Ezekiel, but I want to bring this particular point out to you. In Ezekiel chapter 1, starting in verse 15, it says this. It says, as I looked at these beings, he says, I saw four wheels touching the ground beside them, one wheel belonging to each. The wheels sparkled as if it was made of beryl. All four wheels looked alike and were made made the same. Each wheel had a second wheel turning crosswise within it. The beings could move in any direction of the four uh, any could move in any of the four directions they faced without turning as they moved. So let me explain it to you. Again, I'm not going to go into the whole prophetic side of that, but what I want you to see here is it says there was a wheel within a wheel. And it says that these beings, or angels, were in the middle of the wheel. And it says, now, they didn't have to turn, but from the center of the wheel, they could go in any direction. So, what I want you to understand concerning that 
example is that when it comes to the past, the present, and the future, when it comes to God, there is no time. There's just eternity, right? And so if you can take the verse that we just read and see the picture of a wagon wheel, you know, the old wagon wheels where there's the big wheel and the circumference on the outside, and then there's the center wheel, the hub, and then from the hub, there's all these spokes that run out, right? And so with that example or that picture, it's as God sitting in the middle of the wagon wheel. And from the center of the wagon wheel is eternity. And on the outside of the wheel is time, as you and I know it. But see, with God, there is no time and there is no space. So from the very center, He can reach the past. From the center, He can reach the present. From the center, He can reach the future. Are you tracking with me? You see, there's the spokes of the wagon wheel that go from the hub to the outer wheel. And from this place, here, 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 wherever, from the center, God can reach it. Does that make sense? So, that means that God has the ability to see the end before the beginning and the beginning before the end. Right? So, God knows your past. He also knows your future. But here's the interesting thing. Here's what the Bible says. I'm getting ahead of myself here. But here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, it says, This high priest, speaking of Jesus, uh, understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings as we do. So in other words, the Bible says that Jesus is our high priest and he experiences and knows what you deal with in life because he was once here and he knows exactly what you go through. Aren't you glad that he knows what you go through? And he also has understanding because he's been there. But notice what it goes on to say here in verse 16. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of grace or of, uh, of our gracious God. There will receive mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. So notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, come boldly into the presence of God. So where does God sit? God sits in the middle, in the wheel, within the wheel. And the Bible says that you can go into the very presence of God, and you can do it boldly and come and spend time and fellowship with Him. So if in God's presence, he has access to the past, access to the present, access to the future, when you fellowship with him, when you come and spend time with him, you have the same access to the past, the present, and the future. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm speaking of spending time in fellowship and prayer with him. How many of you know that you can pray out your future? Right? You ever pray for your kids before? Well, what are you praying for your kids for? Because you're praying for what's down the road. Well, what about the past? The past has already happened. Can I pray about that? Well, you realize that there's times in the past that I've prayed about certain things. And so God can remind me of some things that I prayed about 10 years ago. And God says, I need you to pray about that again. So what did I just do? I just went back into the past, picked up what I was praying about then, and began to pray it out in my present. 
and it might affect my future. Does that make sense? All right. The Bible says this. It says whenever you sow a seed, you're going to reap off the seed that you sow. How many of you did some things in the past that you're not real proud of? Anybody? Afraid to raise your hands? Listen, oh, come on now, yeah. There's things that we've all done in the past, but the Bible says what you've ever done, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So that means in the past, man, I've sown some bad seed, and that means I've got some bad fruit that's going to come my way. You know what I'm saying? So if God brings it to my heart, hey, you remember what you did back then? You did somebody wrong? Oh, God, man, forgive me what I did back then. What am I doing? I'm going back in my past and getting forgiveness. Now, again, not that I have to always go back in the past, but my point is, is that going back, God can bring something to my remembrance. And God, I thank you that you will cancel the seed or the fruit of the seed that I sowed back then. And it's under the blood. Oh, thank God that I'm forgiven. Thank God that I don't have to go through. In fact, you might say, well, what does that look like? Look at your kids. Did they act like you at all? Have you ever asked the question, why in the world do you act that way? Listen, I guarantee if they're acting a certain way, you act a certain way a few years back, and you're just reaping the fruit of what you sowed back then. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, my, my daughter, she's 13 years old, and I'm thinking, say what? What'd you say? And I'm thinking, I mean, golly, man, she's a preacher's kid. Why is she acting that way? Man, I tell you what, I wasn't the best kid way back when, you know what I mean? Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. I don't want to reap that fruit anymore. Come on. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, I'm talking about in this year of 2019 coming to a close and looking ahead to 2020. We are purposing to allow God to take us to a place of fellowship and spending time in prayer and having greater clarity and confidence than ever before. Amen? I remember there was a friend of ours uh, in ministry. I've shared this with you before, and it will bear repeating again. But he said, one time he said he was praying, and the Lord said to him, he says, you're behind in prayer. And he says, what do you mean I'm behind in prayer? And he said, that's all that the Lord told him. He says, you're behind in prayer. And he said, man, that really troubled me. He says, God, we're praying. He said, but you said I'm behind in prayer. And he said he kept stirring that over as to what God said. And finally, all of a sudden, there was some understanding that came. And he says, well, if I could get behind in prayer then obviously i can get caught up if god's telling me so he got some people together in his ministry and they began to pray on a regular basis and as they began to pray he sensed he says i sense that we have gotten caught up in prayer praise the lord but then he says now wait a minute if i can get behind in prayer and if i can get caught up in prayer he says then i can obviously get ahead in prayer Come on, how many of you know that you don't have to walk this Christian life being reactive? You can be proactive in this walk with God. In 2020, doesn't have to be a year that you're constantly reacting to things because they caught you by surprise. No, you can be proactive by what you purpose to have fellowship with God and praying for the future, knowing that, man, there might be a brick wall today, but you know what? Six months ago, I prayed out my future. And so even though I see that there's a brick wall, we've already prayed a way around it, a way over it, or a way through it because we've already been here in prayer. Amen. 
2020 is going to be a year of clarity and confidence in spending time in fellowship with God. Amen? Concerning 2020, just as I wrap this up, in 2020, it's going to be a year of change. And there's been things that have been spoken of concerning this year in 2020. And just as I was praying about some things, the Lord said some things to me. And so I'm just going to share some things as to what he said. And again, it kind of correlates with things that others have, have said. But God says that he wants to be able to speak to his ministers to this year. He wants to speak to his ministers. And when he said ministers, I said, well, what do you mean, God? And I'm thinking, are you talking to me? And he says, no. He says, all my people are my ministers. He says, they're all my ministers that go out and do the work of God. He said, I'm looking to speak to them and so that they know my voice. He says, I'm going to give them heavenly wisdom. And he says, now, you'll need to know my voice so that you can discern the right direction. How many of you know the Bible says there is a way that seems right unto, the man, unto a man, but the end thereof leads to destruction? Leads to destruction. Leads to destruction. How many of you know that when God leads you, it don't lead to destruction? It leads to his fame and to his reputation. He went on to say this. He said, I'm looking for people of my love to be kingdom builders. And he says, as you step out and allow me to use you, I'll back it up with my power. And there will be more than enough finances to meet the needs of what you need to do. That's what this year is looking like. It's going to be a year of increase. It's going to be a year of God backing us up. It's going to be a year of change. How many of you are ready for change? How many of you know that change is like ripping the band-aid off? I don't necessarily like change. But underneath, God's already been doing some healing and doing some work. Let me once again bring to your attention. As we started out, we started in Psalms 23. It says that the Lord is my shepherd. But continuing in Psalms 23, verse 5, it says, You have prepared a table, before my, a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. Now notice these words. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Goodness and mercy will follow who? Me. Why is mercy following me? It's because I'm following the lead of my shepherd. Now notice what it finally closes with. It says, In all the days of my life, goodness and mercy will follow. And I will dwell in the house of my Lord forever. I will. To say I will means I'm choosing to make a decision. It's my conscious choice. Come on. If you want 2020 to be a year of goodness and mercy following you, then you've got to follow Him. Amen? How many of you are ready to follow Him? 2020 is going to be a year of clarity and confidence in our fellowship and in our purpose with God. This year is going to have greater clarity as to what God's called you to do. You might say, you know what, I'm just going to sit back and live out my golden years. No, you're not done yet. It's not done until the fat lady sings. Man, is that politically correct should I say that I mean it's not over until the skinny lady sings right <laughs> you get the point you're not done until you've stopped breathing your last God has a purpose for you 
And God wants you to have clarity and confidence in this year. Amen? Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to end the service by praying over you. In fact, let's just make sure that we close this year outright. If you're here today and you heard me talking about somebody that follows the lead of knowing God, but that seems so foreign to you. And maybe it seems foreign to you because you don't know God personally. You've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Or maybe it's something that you thought you did years ago, but you've just lived your life and you never walked with God. And upon hearing that God wants you to experience His goodness, maybe you're saying, you know what? I think today's my day. I want to receive Him. And so if you're here today under the sound of my voice and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if He's never been your shepherd, if you've never followed and inquired of His purpose for your life, then I want you to have the opportunity to know Him. Now I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to call you up front. But one of the things that I am going to ask you to do is that on the count of three, when I say, if that's you, raise your hand. I just want you to raise your hand to say, that's me. I want to receive Jesus. And you can put it back down. And then upon doing so, I'm going to pray. Anybody in this place that wants to know Jesus, anybody in this place that wants to recommit their life to Christ and say that today is a day that I'll remember. On the count of three, today's your day. You don't know about tomorrow. You don't know the next half hour from now whether you'll be alive. Right now is your moment. So on the count of three, if you want to receive Jesus, make Him the Lord of your life, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Anybody in this place? Nobody's looking around? Nobody's worrying about you other than they're praying for you. If you're here and you say, Pastor, that's me. I won't make Jesus the Lord of my life. Anybody. One last moment. I see that hand back there. Thank you. Anybody else? All right. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. Maybe you're here and you say, I wanted to raise my hand, but I didn't. You can still pray this prayer. And God sees your heart. But let's all pray together aloud. Let's let God hear us. Amen. Repeat this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die in my place. He hung on the cross and rose from the grave. He did it for me. So I ask you now, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. In Jesus' name. Now I surrender my life. And I ask you to be my shepherd. And lead me from this day forward. In Jesus' name. And we all said.
Amen. Just that simple. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life